Welcome back to the Real O Show podcast. Joining us today is entrepreneur, director, and the amazing content creator, Adrian Purr. We discuss his career and why he went down the rabbit hole of creative, all the time that goes into each piece of content, and his love for the idea of scaling mountains. What I found most interesting was the planning that goes into his process daily, and that was one of our biggest takeaways from this episode. As always, we hope you enjoy this conversation, and if you're a creative person of any kind, there's something for you to take with you on your journey. And if you're one of those people that want to hear us talk more on the podcast, subscribe for new weekly uploads. Thank you. We're here with Adrian Purr. I hope I'm saying OM, right. OMG Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, did, how did that come about? I would have never, ever thought that that would have been a thing. I just, so. I like, listen, I, as soon as I looked at it, I'm like, oh, I like that. It's catchy. <laughs> I, I made it on Tumblr years ago. Interesting. Yeah, years ago. And I was, and I, I thought my name at that point was lame. I thought Adrian Purr was whack as fuck. Um, because growing up, I was made to feel like it was whack as fuck. So, you know, yeah. growing up, early 90s, I mean, I know kids now, they're bullies still, but in a different way. Yeah. But early 90s babies, it was roasted. They're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Adrian. That's like a girl's name, too. <laughs> I was like, uh, I guess, purr, like a cat. And, you know, I just, it's a lot of, you know, profanity and how they made fun of me that I, I don't feel like I should say. Right. It's not appropriate, you know, for, you know, this culture this time. <laughs> but trust me, they made me feel less than. They made me feel less than a man. So I hated my name growing Interesting. up. Interesting. Because it was like a girly first name and purr like a cat. And like just imagine all the other things you can say. Absolutely. After that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do OMG Adrian. Um, not going to use my last name. I was so ashamed of it. So I just hid that for the longest time. So I made OMG Adrian. And they, there's nothing to it. Just like, oh my God. Like, yeah. they, it oh was my God, it's Adrian. Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I, I mean, another one was like, LOL, it's Adrian. But I was like, that's too hard to say. Yeah. And I just didn't take myself seriously. So I, I just I, made I that. I feel that. Name. Yeah. So I'm curious because you, you're a director, you create a lot. And I think on TikTok, Instagram, you take a much different approach than a lot of other creators. Um, I'd like to kind of go about that. How is you as a director? How does that go into a meaningful post in like TikTok and Instagram? Because when I watch a lot of your content, everything's very meaningful. And it's hard to put a meaningful, like make a meaningful TikTok or a meaningful Instagram reel when in just 60 seconds. So you as a director, like how are you incorporating that? What are you kind of doing differently? So thank you for thinking the things that I make are meaningful. I, yeah. I don't think um, a lot of the times I approach it just making something I like. Like I guess the intent of making it meaningful is a byproduct of it. I do think about value for sure. And I want to give value to um, whoever my viewer is. But ultimately, I'm just creating for myself. So thank you. Right. That means a lot. Um, but as a director, um, because I still do run my production company, yeah. I still work a full-time job. Um, I'm very, very calculated how I spend my time. I time block everything. You know, I, I make sure like I don't overrun my time or, you know, if I'm getting too close to the end, like that's just the hard cutoff. Right. And because of that, I meticulously produce my videos and and if it comes off as meaningful is because I make sure every line matters every time I hit the record button matters every time I pick a location it's it matters and it's calculated right. um, so I write my scripts I time it to uh, either 60 to 90 seconds and I pick a song and I write to the song and make sure the pacing fits within the song, the mood or whatever I'm trying to convey. Um, and I 
write the locations. I write the shots. If it's going to be a wide shot, close up, medium shot, wide shot, extreme right. close up. And I go out there and just film it. It takes probably like anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours to film. Sometimes four hours if I got to drive from location to location. But I think... That's just how I approach it as a director because I, I treat it like a short film. Right. Um, I do create content, and it's like the con, you know, content creators. I, I first of all, I think, um, you know, I used to have like a this thought that there was like a negative stigma behind that term, whether it be that or an influencer. But like the more I see it, and like it's really the lines are blurred. I think. It, they kind of both blend in with each other because right. I, I I guess now people say I'm a content creator and I'd be like, no, motherfucker, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. What are you talking about? Absolutely. Um, but no, I create silly little video content, but I just treat it like a short film, like a director. How different is your approach like for say you're making a TikTok or you're helping direct a music video for like Lil Nas X? What is the approach different? Like obviously it's the scale is different, yeah. but like is your process different? Not at all. It's the same exact thing. We do pre-production. Uh, we choose outfits. We choose the pacing. We know the the deliverable time. We know when it's going to go up, like what market we're going to hit. Um, it's very, very calculated for and, sure. And for your company, like obviously it, just Lil Nas X is just fresh, but like how are you getting connected with these artists? Are you reaching out to them? Are they reaching out to you? Is it their label? How does that kind of work? Um, I've been fortunate enough to just put my work out on the internet and people have reached out to me. That's great. Um, but you know, even with that, you know, whether you cold email, cold call or meet people in passing, it's just, I think just being a genuine person, being a cool person, like there's so yeah. many talented people that I would never work with cause they're dickheads. And there's a lot of dickheads in the industry For that sure. kind of just work with other dickheads and jerk each other off. Cause they all just, <laughs> I don't know what they do with each other, but it's like this circle. It's a circle jerk of people. That's um, where my head went. But like, you know, the people who are, are really making a shake and, and making moves, like we all understand that we're all working towards one goal. And I've always understood that my role, even as a director, I'm an extension of a brand. I'm an extension of the artist or whatever talent. Like I'm not making my own personal film or my own personal commercial. I think once you realize that you're part of a team, like, and, and people see that and feel that you're excited about making this team work, even as like a director, or if you're a VP or a commissioner of a commercial, like understanding and, and showing that you are happy and proud to be working towards the singular goal. Um, that's just what I've been about. And I think there's a lot of directors that go about it that make it about themselves, right? right? A lot of directors and filmmakers and photographers, whatever creative, right, or painter, they make the mistake of, oh, I'm being hired by Nike I should be able to make the commercial how I want to because they're hiring me. It's not about you. Understand Nike is 100%. Nike because they've gone with their branding for a really long time and it works. Okay. Yeah. Like they, they hired you cause they might like what you stand for or they might like that you can execute things well, or you could put your twist on their branding, but whether it's for them or Meg the stallion or whoever it may be like, just knowing your place, like even with a title of director, I, I think that's taken me far and I just don't think I'm above or below or, or anybody. It's just, right. I think people need to understand you're, <laughs> you're just part of the machine. For you sure. Know? 
Yeah, especially yeah. when you work with big brands. I have a question. I I kind of want to walk it back a little bit. So more so of like your personal short films that you do. So you write it out, you plan it, you write to a song to for the pacing. How is your planning process for like what video you're going to do? Like, are you thinking of it like the day before? Are you blocking like an hour time? Like what video do I want to make today? And then you start planning that. Talk about that process. I have about three weeks of content planned and that's as far as I want to take it. Um, I feel like if I go too far ahead, it becomes too irrelevant to how I feel. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about batch making content and I think it works for some types of content for sure. If it's more timeless content, yes, it does work. But, um, the way I approach my films is like, what am I feeling today? Sometimes I feel like just, I don't want to teach anything. I, I feel sick and I want to get myself a bowl of soup or I want to, my office feels dead. So I'm going to get myself some plants. Um, it's kind of how I feel. I mean, if sometimes I have something planned and I don't feel like doing it and I'll plan something the night before, but sometimes I'll have something just that I filmed two weeks ago that I think uh, will give good value. I just put it out. It, it kind of changes. It varies. For sure. And what, obviously you're creating a ton. Are there a couple like small creators, people that aren't big mainstream that you're kind of like looking at like, Ooh, they're doing some interesting things. Ooh, I could pull something out of that. Like, is there anyone that you like you're looking to right now in a creative space that you're like, I, I would like to, like I would highlight them. Um, highlight. Yes. But I, I don't, I, I don't like stealing from right, other right. creators, yeah. but the a crazy thing is there's this book. I forgot who made it. Um, great artist copy, but no good artist copy, but great artists steal something like that. I forgot. It's a book by somebody. Yeah. Um, but I'm inspired by so many people, yeah. big or small. Um, you know, obviously like I, I will look at some frames and want to recreate some frames. Right. I mean, we all do it. You know, we all see movies and everybody wants to make something that looks like a Wes Anderson frame. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't, I try my hardest not to, uh, steal, but be inspired. But I guess it's a nice. I way guess a better to a, a better way to put it then is, what like when you're consuming, what are you what are you consuming? Like what are you oh, what are you watching? Like what are you looking? You yeah, what do you, what's on your page? page? Like yeah, like oh, to be completely honest, it's um, Shiba Inus, cute dogs, um, and golf. Really? Yeah. You big golf guy? Yeah. It's who's your, who's your, I like who's your the guy dogs too. Who's your, like, guy? Who, who's your guy? Don't let who's, that, who's don't playing let, right don't now? Don't let that go over your head. So many, man. What's his name? Victor Hovland just killed it. He just crushed it. Won the FedEx Cup. So are you a, are you a live or PGA guy? I'm both. Okay. I'm just. I like I'm golf. just honestly. I'm just trying to stir it a little bit. Oh, dude! Like when that whole thing came out, um, I was like, dude, is this is more golf. <laughs> I, it sucks that it's separated, but yeah. I, I just like the the going against the grain. Let me look at my explore page. I mean, going Here against go. the grain Here is the go. most creative thing. You I can mean, do. dog. Dog, golf, dog, <laughs> dog, golf, golf. That's a great food. for you page. How how often do you get out and like golf then? Or do you um, just like consuming it? I consume it every day. But um I go out and golf. I try to practice on the range like at least once a week, at the very, very minimum. Um I used to golf like actually play rounds like three to four times a week, like during the pandemic. Um, and then work picked up again, the world yeah. opened up and like, now I play like once every two weeks if I'm lucky or, you know, at, at one point when I was really busy, like I think up until June, I only played three times. 
unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, that's all I think about. It's your happy space. Yeah, it's, happy it's space. my therapy. For yeah. sure. I would say it's cheaper than therapy, but it's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. You can go deep. You can yeah, go deep man. into it's golf. It's like my, my one thing that like relieves my stress, but stresses me out. For sure, for sure. At the same time, yeah. Just to move on to another topic, you had a crazy event in LA, had a ton of people at it. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like how it happened, what what your goal was around that? Yeah, so I did this art gallery exhibit called We Are Golden, um, and it was a, just a passion project. It was a photography project of um, of just Asian culture. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I was called things like yellow or just like my dad was Jackie Chan and just these yeah. weird things, you know what I mean? Like, it, it didn't really affect me, but I knew, like, what it did for, like, my culture and, like, the continent as a whole. Like, I'm Filipino, and um, there wasn't really anything that people knew that differentiated Filipino people from Chinese people and Japanese and Korean or Vietnamese, the the entire continent as a whole. Yeah. So um, May is AAPI month, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make a project that highlighted our culture, right. like just real people. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, most people followed me because of who I worked with, like the brands, right. and I guess the celebrities and whatnot. Um, I wanted to make sure I captured just the real people, right. you know, in their real homes and their businesses, uh, talking about their stories of adversity or moving here to the country, what they've been through to become successful or just make a family. And I displayed it in a gallery and I didn't know how it was going to go. To be For honest, sure. <laughs> I was just like, you know, it, did it exceed it was, expectations or yeah, pretty much at the expectation wildly exceeded my expectations just cause I don't know, man. You know, like I, I had just been making my own personal content since January and to do something in May, which I had been planning for a while already. Um, like whether I made my own personal short films or not, I was going to do it. Right. You know, so um, it was a beautiful thing to see. And it's like, and it wasn't about me. Right. It was about just sharing the culture and sharing like a reflection of, of, themselves there was a lot of asian folks that felt like wow i see me in these photos and, and it was a beautiful thing to see absolutely and that that's awesome but we've, we've talked a lot about like the short films you like mm -hmm. to create obviously you're, you're helping you know produce like music videos and stuff is there ever is there a dream is there a plan to do like a featured film like absolutely. something that's like way longer yeah i still see my career being the biggest and the most growth behind the camera that's where i feel like i excel at you know, you know, I put my silly little videos up on the internet and people like it and that's cool. And, um, you know, with my production company now, like I barely go on set. I have my other directors and editors handle a lot of this stuff for me. Right. So I'm just executive, pre executively producing. Why is that so hard to say? Executively <laughs> producing or project managing, whatever it may be. Um, but then, you know, sometimes I'll step on set. And I'll be like, this is just where I'm meant to For be. sure. This is where I'm, I'm meant to be talking to my DP and my gaffer and my talent and how I'm supposed to execute this and how the camera moves and the lighting. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, when I'm doing that in front of the camera, it's so different. Right. Absolutely. You know I mean? Like, there is no camera movement. Absolutely. It's all still yeah. shots. Yeah, exactly. What's funny is people are like, oh, I love your use of the tripod. I'm like, I have no other option. 
<laughs> what am I going to do? Hold a gimbal? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's, it's hard. Um, but yeah, no, I see myself directing um, maybe a handful of feature films. There's only so many ideas that I have. But of I course. do have two great ideas. Have not written them yet. But I think one day when I live enough life and get enough experience, I don't think I'm even close to being able to handle uh, a feature film at this point. But someday, yeah, you, absolutely. You, you willing to throw the ideas out right now or no? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, Let's nobody's going to steal them. Um, the one that I'm most excited about is, um, so my uncle and my grandpa, they were both in the Navy. Um, being Filipino, uh, you know, there's a lot of, not controversy, I guess it would be controversy um, between Filipinos and the government of the United States, you know, we were convinced uh, that we would get a lot of really great American benefits and get help if we helped them in the wars and build bases in the Philippines. And there was a lot of collateral damage that right. happened. So I want to make a movie that it's a, a glorification of war because we love those movies, right? Yeah. I love Saving Private Ryan. I love a uh, um, American Sniper. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Amazing. We yeah. love war movies. Oh, so yeah. I want it's, to. It's our kind of story. Want to catfish people that thinking that this is an amazing war movie for the first like seventy percent of the film. This guy gets to live the American dream, fit in with all the American folks. He's Filipino. His he leaves his wife behind, tells him when I come back and when we're done with this war. We're going to move to the United States. We're going to be citizens. We're going to get health care. We're going to get benefits. We're going to be able to retire, put our kids through school. So he's doing his thing, killing people, helping people on the battlefield, a band of brothers type story. When everything's said and done, it's time for them to move. They come over to the United States and there's no trace of them at all. So you live the first 70% of the movie like yeah. This is it. I like this is that. what we love about America. Yeah. Fucking bald eagle shit, you know? It's great. Just to find out that all these Filipinos got fucked over. And some of these guys are still alive today, fighting for their rights, fighting for what the United States promised them. And I'm not trying to make a controversial film that's, you know, right. you know, anti United States propaganda, but it's a real thing that like a lot of like my people have been through and nobody's made a film about that. And I'm not trying to be an advocate or like a spokesperson for the Philippines or whatever, but I right. think it's a great film idea. Yeah, I, I, do, like I think it. it's great. No, I, I think like it's it. great. I, I like that. It's got a, it's got a different spin. The truth to it. hurts at the end of the day. Yeah, people don't like, like the truth. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like it's a good film. Same thing. Yeah, it's like he created. Like we didn't literally blow up the world, but like the world is a different place. Yeah, way now. changed. Yeah. So you know, with that ending, it's like, what do you tell your wife that like I did all these things and we we can't get these things right? We're homeless now. Like, what do we do? Like, we sacrifice everything for nothing. Yeah, and, I completely um, agree. Yeah, that's that's the film I want to make. I want to transition a little bit here. So we are here um, at Hudson Yards, and you're a Gary Vee fan. Huge. One, I want to know where it came from. Like, what made you a Gary v, Gary Vee fan? And if there was like one thing that you were like, "Yo, I'm gonna follow him to the ends of the earth because of that thing." So I had uh, heard the name around for years, like sub 2016 ish or so, 2017. Um, I started listening to him. And I was like, yeah, this is this is teaching me some good stuff. Um, you know, and I would be inspired by whether it be his content or other people's content of their own that they 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 get to do things on their own terms. And while I was a director and, and I ran a production company, me and my business partner, it's like we still had to answer 
to people to a certain degree, and and that's okay. I mean, that's just how the business works. To a certain degree, you're answering to people, but I love what he stood for, um, and it just motivated the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for that guy, like I, him and like a very very small handful of people, uh, I wouldn't be making my own content today. I definitely wouldn't have that confidence. I definitely wouldn't have said, fuck it, let me let me go for it. But I, I remember vividly, like it was just December and there was a podcast. He was like, what are you doing? Still listening to this podcast? Like, yeah. go, <laughs> fucking go for it. Like, just <laughs> go, stop. Like you, you, people keep telling me like I, you keep, I'm saying the same things because it, it, it's timeless. It's literally timeless information. 100%. And- I decided, all right, I'm never going to listen to this again and just go for it. And uh, now I'm here in this office. I was telling the other folks earlier, I was like, I feel like the fan that won a contest. <laughs> I was just walking around. And then I see the guy in person. I'm like, is that the wax figure of him? Yeah. Oh, no, it's really him. And I remember like, I saw him, I turned the corner. And then uh, you guys literally saw me like, I need to take one more look to make sure it's like, Actually, oh, he is real. He is <laughs> fucking real. Yeah. Because, bro, like, it, what is that? Like, 10 months ago? Yeah. 10 months ago. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. That's crazy. It's um, it's full circle a little bit. Very, very. Yeah. Like, I can't believe any of the things that are happening right now. It feels like a feels like a dream. It's where, it's where hard work and a, and a little bit of good bounces come out. There's, to, a, there's always, like, when I feel like as humans, and, I, and I've even thought about it, like, within myself, when good things happen, no matter how hard you work and no matter like how worthy you think you are, when they happen, you're still like, wait, why did this happen to me? Like some, sometimes like that. And it's even like when you're talking to the podcast, like where you like finally took the jump to make content, it's a lot of Gary's content. It's the same thing over and over. Cause it's like, it's going to be that one time where it actually hits you. And you're like, fuck, he's right. Yeah. Even though I've heard him say it. 477 times Literally before for years it's yeah. just like then that one time you're like fuck it you're right i'm not gonna lose this podcast anymore and it's just and then now you're finally here it's I, I, i'm i'm excited for you i'm excited yeah, like, for you i have dude i don't even know what's going on in the podcast anymore i literally just never looked back I, I literally took that and said you know why am i listening to this shit still <laughs> like, <laughs> he would love that shit too to be honest with you he'd be like fuck it's like you, you you got the message yeah. loud and clear yeah like i mean it took years of like you know, figuring out what made me feel so insecure, what made me feel not worthy enough, what made me feel like, what am I, what's stopping me? And, and everything is just in my head. And I just, you know, we could hear him like, like, what are you fucking worried about? Yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. It's just, just like, fucking all do right. It. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> yeah. um, just to close things out. So at 137, we're for the curious. And so we ask everyone that comes in here, what are you curious about that others wouldn't expect? Obviously, you're a director, you create, you do a lot of different things. Outside of that, what are you curious about? Oh, man. Every time I like drive through like mountains, um, I think about if I can scale that mountain and how long would it take me if I would like <laughs> survive. You Give get, me an example. Give me um, like like when, like when you look at like this big ass mountain, you're like, oh, I got that a couple hours. No, no, we're, so we're, like, we're not in any mountains here. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're not near any mountains. Um, I don't know why. It's something I've always done. Like, because I live in California, there's a shit ton of mountains everywhere. Um, it's so funny. Like my girl, uh, I always ask her. <laughs> and I remember we were driving to Coachella recently again. I was like, damn, that's really big, babe. 
how long do you think it would take you to climb that mountain? And she's like, I fucking knew you were going to ask that. You asked me the same thing last year. You always fucking <laughs> ask, how, how long is it going to take? Yeah. And what was your you consensus? Was what was like, your... And she was like, four days. I was like, nah, it's got to be, can't be because if that thing is 10,000 feet up, that means it's only two miles. And you can hike two miles pretty quickly. I was like, it's, it would probably yeah. take like a day. Yeah. I would think so. And then I, we were like, oh no, it's really steep. And we think about like the cold air up there because of the top of the mountain snowing. And I'm like, you're right. You know, I'm always curious about that for whatever stupid reason. You got to do like an Everest trip or something. Like get, get that, get that H out of you. <laughs> Dude, I, I will die. <laughs> you know, so you have, no, like, de- so you have yeah. no desire to actually no, climb. You just, not at all. it's like the, what I if in, I am in no shape to climb <laughs> scale a mountain. Like, Bro, you know how what is a percentage? Like five percent of people. I'm making this statistic up, yeah. but th- I know there's a percentage of people who die climbing Mount Everest every it's the year. Highest highest percentage ever this year. I there's so much traffic. I would I would be one of those people. <laughs> I would be in the smaller part of the pie. I would die, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, shit, bro. Man, we appreciate you jumping Adrian, on. It's we been appreciate a pleasure. It. Man, thank, thank you, you guys. I had a blast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Man, if you know, you know. I never had to tell my toes we on roof. They paper kidders, they want money more than they want fake shit I swear we go so hard, we on A-list I see my niggas prevailing We going hard for the hand, we gonna stack that we jaded I just told my niggas that we on a mission Yeah, 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 it's gonna be hard to get it We too apart for the missus, I put my heart on my feelings All checks I don't even feel, we bout to box, we dripping We bout to box, we fall But I'm And I ain't never gonna slip All by my mama house won't see my brothers get ripped. Wanna tell you I miss it. Watch me get my racks. And we bought so hard, they think my niggas selling crack. We was pushing packs for 2600 a pound. We was down, probably had some product in your town. But now we back. Same straight for all my niggas, for all my fam. And I made about 10 racks up off these features in the end. For my grandma, hope she know that this for you and you and him. For my brothers, for my family, for my mama, for I got my friends. I got a stack of this gold. I tell you I'm on a roll. About to get all this dough, ain't no fuck niggas know I swear to God we the ghost, this ain't the story they told Man, if you know, then you know I never had to tell my dogs we on roof for breaks They pay for getters, they want money more than they want fake shit I swear we go so hard, we on A-list I see my niggas prevailing We going hard for the hand, we gonna stack that we jaded I just told my niggas that we on a mission Yeah, 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 it's gonna be hard to get it so I'm part for the missus, I put my heart on my feelings On tracks I don't even feel, we bout to box, we drippin' We bout to box, we fall